Hi, this is Sam Poop from SamPoop.tv. This is Art Cowell from ScreenFriends.tv. And this is Kickin', the original crowdfunding show. Today on Kickin', would you like to play a game? You have to learn to dungeon crawl before you can dungeon run the RPG, that's WTF, and Giant Fucking Robots! Alright, Art, this week is not only dedicated to games, but all of these games have some sort of tie to, like, my youth, essentially. They're all kind of throwbacks to, like, 80s gaming. I'm, I'm glad we can we can have this, this is gonna trip be, down memory lane for you. Awesome. Uh, we're going to listen to some Megadeth later and uh, rock out all black t-shirts. Oh, you're already doing that. Great. Yeah. Good job. Our first game comes from a company called Spellbind Studios in San Francisco, and they're trying to get 70000 to do a roguelike RPG. Great. Uh, Rogue, for all of you who might not be familiar with it, was one of the original, like, ASCII dungeon crawlers. You would take your little at symbol and go through levels and levels of dungeons and fight off monsters that were threes and Xs. Is that really how simple the original was? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, The one that I recall playing was actually a a Mac version that was very graphical. Like, it was a black and white sprite game, basically, sure. graphic game. Um, you were basically just moving an unanimated icon around. Um, I feel like that one had an ASCII mode to it, and right now, like, a couple months ago, I downloaded a free roguelike app on my iPhone that is, it has both sort of uh, a graphic interface and an ASCII interface. Mm. Um, I know roguelikes are hot right now. Like, like everyone's everyone's putting out roguelikes. Yeah, they're they're cool and they're fun. They're, it's It's... It's that solo D&D thing, where it's like, you know, I want to spend some time, I want to play the fantasy realm and just slaughter a bunch of stuff. Have you played rogue games ever? I've played, I've played some of the newer roguelikes, right. which are, you know... I think they're all pretty similar. You go through randomly generated uh, dungeon levels, and they forever go down, and they're, you know they just get harder and harder until you're dead. Sure. Um, you pick up random items that you don't know what they do. You've got this, the Wand of Ivory, and until you try to use it, you have no idea if it's going to shoot a magic missile or open a trap door and drop you down to the next level. Right. This game, however, takes roguelikes to the next level, adding on a sort of uh, SimCity-esque city-building bu- element to it, as well as some really nice graphics. Uh, it's, it's by far the most beautiful roguelike I've seen. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure somewhere in the in the, the deep realms of Steam there is a, a roguelike this pretty or prettier, but that's just because sure. you, could probably, you could probably argue that Dark Souls is almost there. But I haven't seen that one, but I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Dark Souls is very... It's different, but it's it's okay. it's in the family. I'm almost surprised that like, and maybe it does. Maybe the the plans are there, but I feel like they almost want to make this into a multiplayer or a, you know like a, a an MMO or something like that. You know, or yeah, it like, looks a little bit like they're like because the city building that whole element. Yeah, it just me, opens right? like, it up. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that that's a selling point for me. I've never really cared to go outside the dungeon. I'm curious to see what that really you know entails and how 
how it plays into the rest of the game. Well, and it, it like almost by definition decreases the randomness, right? Because you're gonna you have these buildings that sell things, and you're gonna buy things from those buildings, and you're gonna know what they are, right? I assume so, yeah. But then again, you're probably not gonna buy. Maybe you'll still have to find the magical things, like sure. scrolls and wands and all that stuff. And well, this like shiny ring store looks like it's selling magic things. Damn shiny ring store! That's cheating. Yeah, so uh, it's not coming out till 2016, which is quite a uh, delayed gratification kind of thing. I mean, I don't know that I could I could back that and expect myself to wait that long. It uh, is definitely a long process. There is uh, for twenty five dollars access to a uh, closed beta that is coming out sometime in twenty fifteen. And for five thousand dollars, you can join them for dinner. Is it, do they? Have- <laughs> and once again. Clearly you want to meet the team. Is that really one of the things? Yeah, yeah, it's the, what's the last one? $5,000. And that's it. Doesn't say anything else. Like, maybe there's some throw-ins, but it just says $5,000, dinner. Most expensive meal of your life. It's probably not going to be very good. And then they drop you into a dungeon and you try to find your way out. Sure. For $1,000, you can design an enemy. I think I could do that for not paying any money. I could just sit down and draw some stuff and send it off and be like, Hey, look, I designed an enemy. Sure. What do you think about that? For five hundred bucks, they'll put you in the game. They'll they'll put your likeness in as a as a NPC or ally. Yeah. And uh, there's some other customization stuff that's also pretty dumb. <laughs> For two hundred fifty dollars, design a sigil or a crest that'll appear on items, props, and architecture. But I don't understand why. Yeah, I mean, unless I'm putting like Sandproof.tv cleverly hidden in a sigil, probably not gonna pay them that money. Yeah. I would definitely play this, though. If it was, like, a $10 app on my uh, my iPhone, and that's expensive for me, sure. I would probably put, pay that money. Well, for $15, I'll give it to you on Mac or Windows, and they say there's going to be on your... It's going to be an iOS version, but they it's very hard to, to pre-sell those. It's, it's the, the Apple doesn't like it. Oh, really? Pre-selling yeah, like, apps? That you can't, like, give out that many... Like, because you would have to, like, distribute codes. Oh, yeah, and they only and give you, you, like, 10 or 15 right, designer codes. Right, so you can't, codes. like, yeah, do yeah, yeah. that. I had I backed a, an iOS game where they like said they'd give us the complete game and ended up putting it out in like sets. And right. so what they ended up having to do was the first thing came out and they had like a season pass. They're like, okay, they sent out their Kickstarter backers. Like we're gonna do we're gonna bump the season pack price down from like fifteen bucks to a dollar on this day. Uh-huh. And you all go buy it that day. And if you want to be cool, don't tell people we're doing this. Gotcha. I don't know Which, if, if you've it, already spent that money, you're probably going to be like, I'm not telling anyone. They can get it themselves. Yeah. Fuckers. I don't know if it got <laughs> out, but... Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, well, they should use one of those when they make that into an iOS app. Uh, use those codes on us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It looks fun. The design is great. I love this cartoony little style they've got. Yeah, I would actually watch this cartoon if it was just a you know an animated <laughs> show. Of, like, this dude walking through a... Uh, Procedurally generated... Uh, yeah. I, I imagine you could totally do that sort of uh, uh, rooster teeth kind of thing with this. Where, you know, there's <laughs> a good amount of animation happening. That would be entertaining. Yeah, no, it looks like a million bucks. I, I love the style. Uh, the There's only a few different, like, advantage examples of backgrounds, and that's, like, a thing. Like, right. the prettier a game looks, the less you want to just see the same background a thousand times. Sure. But they seem to be working on that. I mean, you know, as a dungeon crawler, you, you know, it's it's usually a top-down anyway. This is kind of a, a three-quarter view of that, mm-hmm. you know, a little, little bit of aerial. So, like, I don't think that's a big concern. I mean, hell, I'm used to it just being a solid black or a solid white line sure. you know, or a block, technically. 
I'm like, I'm a little worried they're going to fuck up the city building thing, but I mean, how, how, how bad could it be, right? Right. I just hope they have save points, because that's the one thing in the, the app I'm playing right now, is you, once you're dead, you're dead, you got to start again. Oh. So I never get past, like, level 12. I'm like, and a bat killed you. I mean, I think that's part of it, though, right? Like, that's part of, like, the, kind the rogue of. mentalities. It's got to be... You go. It's got to be forever. Yeah. You've got to be good, and if you're not good, they're going to kick your ass. Yeah. Well, while Rogue Wizards is all about going down, our next game is about going up and coming out from the underground. It is a reboot of the Paranoia RPG. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. Uh, Art, did you ever play this? No, I've never even heard of this. Okay, this game uh, basically starts in a society that has, for some reason, forced everyone underground, and they've lived underground for decades, if not centuries. Uh, people are being cloned left and right, so it kind of gives you that video game thing of like, oh, I'm dead, I start again. Sure. Um, and you are one of the first people in an expedition to go outside into the horrors of nature. All right, all right. In which scary things like the sun shine down on you or furry little animals with tails that are squirrels come at you and you freak out and have to, you know, similarly to a Cthulhu-type RPG, make a sanity roll or go crazy. Okay. Um, from what I remember, this was, you know, 25 years ago or something <laughs> like that. I was a wee lass in Ireland, and, uh... What? Yeah, uh, but from what I recall, this was a super fun game because of the sort of wackiness behind it that, uh, that your game master could just sort of cast over you of, like, oh, man, you're freaking out. What is it? It's Bunny Rabbit, right? Nope! Horrible demon of hell! I'm pretty sure that was a Bunny Rabbit. You know, um... It's super cool. This thing is, is going crazy. They've already triple, tripled their goal of 30,000 pounds. Um, Mongoose Publishing is out of Swindon in the UK. And, uh, so this is, is popular. This was, this was a popular game. You know, I don't recall more than three people playing this back in my day, and it was the three people I was playing with. But, yeah, apparently there was a, a big movement around it. And hmm. uh, it, it's kind of got that whole sort of... Um, Big Brother portal computer going on behind it, where it's you know the cake is a lie. No, it sounds cool. I mean, as someone who gen- who's who's kind of into this stuff, I get it. Oh, and uh, one of the stretch goals, if I can uh, shout this out, please, uh, is a an adventure called by uh, by game designer and not character from Keanu Reeves movie John Wick. <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. Who made uh, some of my favorite role-playing games. Oh, really? He's behind Legend of the Five Rings. He's behind Seventh Sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. He's done a lot of cool stuff, and he, he apparently did a stretch goal for them. Everyone gets an adventure by him. Everyone gets the same adventure by him? Or? I think so, yeah. Okay. The, the ultra-violent. Yeah. Um, they have some other cool uh, perks. They have, uh, this is nice, blank cards for five pounds. Uh, 30 blank cards. An additional box set for 30 pounds. What was the original... A pound's still like two bucks, right? I think so. Maybe it's a buck fifty. Is that, I don't know. Uh, the computer dice, so you know, custom six-sided dice with a computer eye, and uh, I think that's it. Some red clearance markers, mission briefs, things like that. Uh, you know, everything you need for an RPG. Yeah, it looks, it looks super cool. Yeah. 
I don't RPG much anymore. Do you ever RPG? I mean, I have, I'm on a, I'm on an RPG podcast. Podcast, that's right. I RPG with those people. But I'd like to, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, there is a part of me that really misses it, and I think this this kind of game over something like revisiting D&D would actually probably be my gateway back in. Sure. You know? I mean, I have to recommend the the game we're playing on Friends at the Table, which is uh, Dungeon World, which is a, they call it a hack of apocalypse world, which is this, like, post-apocalyptic RPG. And someone, like, just took oh, the cool. guts of that and made it into a D&D. Like, it's D&D stuff, but it's using this other game engine, uh, and I, I think it's super cool. So are you still playing post-apocalyptic, or are you da- you're back in fantasy now? It's fantasy. Our specific campaign is post-apocalyptic fantasy, which, okay. which I like as a genre, but... So you have all the crazy flavor of races and monsters. Right, with, like, the something bad happened and the society collapsed. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, I dig that combo. I would play that. You guys got got a chair at the table. No, <laughs> so a mere ten pounds, you get a PDF of the Paranoia Player's Guide, which I'm pretty sure is all you need to play the game. So yeah, that's not bad at all. Sixteen bucks. The the weird the weird thing here is that the stretch goals they've had so far are all add-ons. So you have to pay extra for. Right. And then they say that they'll that later on they'll introduce a, a pledge level where you get all of the stretch goals, uh, but they, they want to wait to see how is. many they uh, so they uh, they can like figure out the shipping, sure. which is like a little odd to me. That's weird. Yeah, you would think they would a have that figured out by now, uh, and b release that information because they hit their main um, main goal. Right. Like I've I've become interested in this project just since we've been talking about right. it, but I'm gonna wait. Right. Like they got thirty three yeah, days. Yeah, you want to see that? I want to see what it's gonna actually cost and yeah. and when that's gonna be. Uh, it seems like a weird way to like chase away money. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so the whole thing forty thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. And forty thousand dollars is is probably what our next campaign is going to need to do what they need to do right not even close all right this next one this is a big one this is something i've always wanted to see sure these are some people out of boston massachusetts who are going to bring live action mech combat to television that's awesome i know and all they need is $1.8 million. That's crazy. It sure is. That $1.8 million is only going to build two robots. What? And I guess maybe this arena they're promising. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be paintball robots. No. They're going to fire paintballs at 120 miles an hour. And then the computers in the mechs are going to determine, based on where they were okay. hit, how much damage is done, and they're going to, like, explode. All right, so is, these are, like, the Flash suits in Ender's Game. I never saw the movie, so I don't know if that reference holds. But in the book, they, it was basically laser tag for their battle training. Sure, yeah. And they would fire the, like, light lasers, at, and then, like, the suit would go, Oh, you hit my arm, and it freezes the arm. Yeah. Okay. But it, but it's, it's giant robots. Okay. I mean, it's, it's allegedly going to be giant robots. I don't think... I don't think they have one of these yet. No, there's, uh, every time I've gone to Comic-Con or any of the smaller conventions, there's been, like, some team, but, uh, uh, I, I believe they are West Coast-based. This is out of Boston. Uh, there's been some team for, like, the last 20 years that's been like, we're making a mech! Like, an open-source team, like, I think they made, like, a leg. <laughs> these guys have a, I've, I've just found it, they have an upper body and an arm. Oh, <laughs> that's it. And a gun, and two guns. Okay. How um, big are these paintballs? They look pretty big. 
Uh, I mean, you can see the the that's what it's going to come out of. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, that is. That looks like the size of a grapefruit, right? That is definitely a, a piece of PVC piping that is about the size of a grapefruit in diameter. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a thing. I mean, that I don't know. That guy looks really small in there. It could be even bigger. I think we're underselling it. I think yeah, it's maybe. even basketball sized. Like a big softball. It's about the size of a grapefruit. I don't think it's a basketball though. I don't know. The perspective on this is a bit weird. Yeah. That sounds like each paintball is going to cost like 50 bucks in itself. At least, yeah. Yeah. I. Is that exciting to watch giant robots shooting things with paintballs? I mean, I think this is the thing you've got you've to gotta realize, is that this is all just impossible. Oh, beyond that, is it even entertainment? Like, I was a huge fan of the Battletech and MechWarrior game system, and like... This is that. You're in an arena, you're piloting your giant mech, and you're shooting, and it's calibrating points. And it's like, literally, I could just be drawing little dots and probably have as much fun as this sounds like it is to watch. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be a lot of technical difficulties. I don't know, um, did you ever watch BattleBots on Comedy Central? I've seen clips, so I've only seen it work, but sure. I imagine that's not always the case. It is not. Like, a lot of those matches, um, these are, like, the ones they selected to televise. Right. Like, sometimes it's like, yeah, the wiring failed, but it doesn't work. And I imagine this is harder, because it's bigger. Yeah, no, I mean, these are way more complex than, like, putting a knife onto a Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, that's all those were, right? Uh, some of them were a little, were a little different. I putting a knife onto a capsella machine. <laughs> I mean, like, my favorite one was, like, just flipped him over. Just, oh, like, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, that was a good, like... good call. Uh, although, I feel like there was something else that was actually Roomba shape that I think was, like, the devastating robot. Yeah. Because it was so low, you couldn't, I think it even couldn't Right, they, like that. they had little ones. That were, they had a little one that was just like a like had a little wedge. Yeah, like a, they, it was also just trying to flip it, but it just right, like right. drove it under just drove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the wedge. To yeah, but oh no, that's all I remember. Those were good. We should. How much is that campaign? No, I don't think. I think they proved no one wants to watch that, so no one's gonna want to watch this. I would watch that if I knew it was on. I think that was the big problem. Was like I didn't have cable, so I didn't know it was a thing. If I'm, it was a YouTube series, I'd watch that. I mean, it was on. I mean, I'm sure they're still doing it. I mean, I bet you can find it on YouTube. I think people like that. They took an existing competition and just televised it. Like I'm sure that competition still exists. Really? Let's let's go do that. I mean, it's super That's, hard. It's probably a lot less than 1.8 million. How many? Uh, all right, so let's let's take a look at their perks. What? Uh, sure. Can I pilot one of these robots? You sure can. Really? Yeah. Great. Um, for twelve hundred fifty dollars, you could go party with them. Great. I'm so glad that everybody did. The paranoia team have that? I don't think they did. No. They were too scared. Oh wait, maybe they do. Hold on, let me see. <laughs> you can play with the designers. That's kind of the same. Oh, uh, yeah, that's close. That actually is the one time that that perk makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless these guys are piloting other giant robots and coming at me, uh, then I have no interest in, in that dinner. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm up to, to $2,500. For $2,500, you can pilot one of these mechs. Wow. You and a friend can pilot a mech. Oh, it's a two-man team. Apparently. One man to pilot, one man to run guns. I think so. Probably. That makes sense. And then forever you get to be like, and I'll form the head! Yeah. 
Excellent Voltron reference. Not dated at all. For $10,000, you can put your logo on a, on a <laughs> Mac. I already put it on an oven, so... No, I didn't, did I? No. Oh, damn you, maid! Uh, although, I just got to this cannon that has, like, 20 PVC pipes in it. Yeah. That looks awesome. Sure. Uh, I believe that's the Archer model from Battletech that they're uh, going after right there. Yeah. There um, should be short-range missiles. They're calling it a missile launcher, which yep. it's, it's, you know, it's not. not. It's definitely not, because at no point is that paint being guided by an engine. Yeah. And they claim that for a, a million dollars they'll build you a megabot, but they don't... Of my own? Actually, yeah. That I don't have to use in the arena? That I could just run rampant with in the streets? I mean, it's a joke. They don't have that tier level, but there's a picture of it just in front of a house. Yeah, let's do it! And just paint all the shit out of your neighbors. That would make Mischief Day awesome, yeah. which was last week. Right. If you just, like, roll up into someone's house and just, like, 120 mile hour per, mile per hour paintball barrage them. That was $2,500 worth of paint, <laughs> sucker. It would make painting the garage a lot easier, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Almost instant. I mean, assuming your, your, your garage could withstand the force. Right. <laughs> um, but then you don't need to paint it if you've leveled it. Sure. That's that's just free landscaping, yeah, or whatever that's called. Still not free, but nope. yeah, All right. still paid a million dollars for the paint. Uh, they're not going to get there. They want one point eight million dollars. Yeah. They've got they've got almost twenty three thousand right now. Yeah, uh, it seems like a pipe dream. Their okay. pledge levels are weird. For $50, you can get a t-shirt. Uh, but no apron this time. No, no, no apron. Okay. Is it okay if I make callbacks to previous references? Because I already did it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, $75, you get a poster mm-hmm. uh, and a t-shirt. And for $150, you can go see it. So the ticket is 150 Yeah. Oh, nah, that's not going to happen. Again... Who... Why? Who... No. That just... That's the one that breaks it right there for me. Like... Never going to spend that money on a ticket for anything. Sure. Like, well, and even like, let's smell your You could bring the Ramones back to life, and I'd be like, oh, 150 To see the zombie Ramones? <laughs> I mean, but they have to sell 1,200 of those tickets. That's the problem, right? Like, you got to convince 1,200 people to spend $150 to get to 1.8 million. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't... That's a ridiculous math pro- like you gotta think you're gonna need a stadium for this right yeah yeah that's that's 50,000 seats at least so you're not gonna do this unless you sell out that stadium so that's the math uh huh I don't know what that breaks down to I don't really care um, <laughs> and now this is gonna happen until May 2016 well at least it comes out faster than that other thing yeah I guess your shirt will be there by next year oh good but yeah, it's 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 insane. Like it's fun if it exists. I'd watch it, but I'm not yeah. gonna give him. I'm not gonna give him any money. I'm not giving him fifty dollars for a T-shirt or one hundred fifty dollars for a ticket. Yeah, uh, I'm also sad that. I mean, I understand paint, and that's the realism of this. And if you put real bullets in there, you know, people will die. But I'm really banking on starting a Death Race 2000 Kickstarter really soon, and uh, I was hoping this was going to be the gateway that opened that technology up. I think it's against the terms of service. I don't think you really? can have death sports uh, in your Kickstarter. Beg to differ. Thanks for listening. This has been Sam Proof from samproof.tv. And Artebo from streamfriends.tv. 
And if you've got a death sport that you want to promote, hit us up at kickinshow.com slash submit. Or, uh, I don't know, show up with your giant robot of paint. No, do not show up here with don't. your giant oh, robot don't, of paint. Don't do that. No. Unless we get a ride. You have, you have animals here. Uh, and a baby. Yeah, but I figure the, the baby has the sense to stay away from the giant robot. Hmm. If you haven't taught your baby to stay away from giant robots, I think you're failing as a parent. I beg to differ. <laughs>